Well, if you have your Bible this morning, I want to invite you to join me in Ephesians chapter 2. We're doing things just a little differently this morning. Our focus, of course, is on the Lord, and we want to worship through the Lord's Supper. And so I want to share some scripture verses with you this morning, take a few minutes to teach these verses, and then we're going to together here celebrate the Lord's Supper And then we want to end the service just by bragging on the Lord through song for a few minutes. And when we do that, I'm going to walk over to the summit service and I'm going to share with them what I'm sharing with you now. So we've been studying the book of Ephesians now for a number of weeks. As you know, our goal is to get through every verse uh, before Palm Sunday 2023. So we still have a, a little ways to go. And today we're in Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to begin reading in verse 11. Bible says, so then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh. Now the word remember here is more important probably than you recognize. Uh, This is a word that you may want to put a pin in because we'll come back to this word at the end of the service. And I want you to see then, we will see then, that this is the most important word in this entire section. Now he addresses here in the first part of verse 11 the fact that the Christians that he writes in the city of Ephesus, he reminds them that they haven't always been Christians that there was a time when they did not know Christ. And he says, remember that time and remember all the things that he's going to detail in the next several verses. Now skip down to verse 13, if you will. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You were far away, far away from God, but you have now been brought near to God and you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Look at verse 14, for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. We live in America and often assume, I believe today, that the division between people groups, the division between races and ethnic groups is as bad as it has ever been in history. But we are wrong about that. It certainly has been much worse. And if you go back to the first century, specifically here in the Middle East where these events took place, it was much, much worse. And the division between Jews and Gentiles was such a division. It was a division that the world had no chance of ever resolving. The Jews hated the Gentiles. The Gentiles hated the Jews. They were divided in every aspect of life. But, but, the gospel tore down the wall that divided those two. You know, people often ask me or sometimes ask me, Pastor, what do you think about critical race theory? You ever heard that phrase before? Critical race theory, or people will say CRT. And you know, I think pastors should know about those things and and know about critical race theory, know about critical theory period, uh, where where, where perhaps some of the most important uh, information is to be gained. And, And I think we have to understand that in every different philosophy, Uh, There can be some truth. A broken clock is right twice a day, they say. But when it comes to 
bringing true peace. Listen, our only hope is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what he says here, that these two groups were brought together. They were made one because Paul faithfully preached the gospel. The gospel, the fact that we're all valuable because we're created in the image of God. The fact that we are all separated from God but can have a right relationship with God because of what Christ has done. And that if we, it, that if we embrace what Christ has done, then we will become brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the only way the dividing wall will ever be taken down. Now, we continue to read. There's so much here. Uh, if it weren't a Lord's Supper Sunday, we might focus on some more of these verses. But I, I want to bring your attention now down to verse 16. He says, he did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, uh, which he put the hostility to death. And so he reconciles these Christians both with God and with one another. Verse 17, he came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. And so I want us to see here how we can prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, I think in a in a special way. Oftentimes when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, if we're just honest, we, we find ourselves just going through the motions. Uh, and we never want to do that. But I today especially uh, want us to celebrate the Lord's Supper with a, with a full understanding of its value and a full understanding of how thankful we should be to the Lord. And so I want to go back and look at a couple of these verses. We'll end up back in verse 11 at the end, but I want us to go now back to verse 13. And I want to draw something for you. Uh, I, I can't draw it up here and you see it, so I've pre-drawn it. Uh, one of the college students in the summit service pulled me aside just a moment ago and said, you have got to get us some blanks. I can't listen to a sermon without blanks to fill in. Well. I'm going to give you some blanks, but I want you to draw them. And so you draw what I'm going to draw, and this is going to be very simple, but I think what this will do is this is going to help you get it in your mind. It's going to help you better celebrate the Lord's Supper. You'll see how in a moment. And if you'll draw what I'm going to draw, I think this will become a tool to help you share the gospel with your kids and your grandkids and with your friends and your family. So we're going to start with this, and I'm going to show the choir behind me in a moment, but this, uh, hopefully you can see this, is just four quadrants, right? We have divided our piece of paper into four parts, and I want to share with you the four, the information for the four parts. Now, in the very first quadrant, I'm going to put the word far, F-A-R, far, and here's why that's important. You got it? F-A-R-F-A-R. -far. There was a time in your life when you were far from the Lord. Because of your sin, separated from God, far from the Lord. Now, the next important word is the word near. Now, I'm going to put it in the bottom right corner. I'm going to put the word near right there. Because if you know Christ as your Savior... Now, your relationship with God is described in the Bible, in verse 13 and other places, 
as being near. So there was a time when you were far from the Lord. And then if you're a child of God, you're now near to the Lord. Now the next one I want you to see is the word not far, or the phrase not far. We're going to put that in the top right, not far. The Bible, and I'm going to show you this, and this will not seem right right now, but it will in a moment. Those people who are far from the Lord are also not far from the Lord. And that is one of the most beautiful truths once you embrace it, once you understand it, that there, that there could ever be. And then the last one is brought near. Brought near, we're going to put that in the bottom, brought near. And we see that right here in verse, in verse 13. So let me walk you through these four relationships that we have with the Lord. We're going to start with, with what it means to be far from God. Look at verse 13 again. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away, because of our sin, all of us, apart from Christ, are far from the Lord. And we should understand what that means. We're far from the Lord because God is holy and we are sinful and our sin separates us from God because God is 100% holy, purely righteous, and because we are saturated in sin, because that's our nature, our attitude, and our actions, we are separated from God. And also, we are so far from the Lord that we have no hope. There's no hope of us ever bridging the, the, the chasm between us and God. We are so far from God, we can't do anything to, to close the gap. Think about an ant here in Nacogdoches trying to get to California. There is no ant that would ever live long enough to get to crawl from, from Nacogdoches to California because the distance is just too far. And so the distance we have from the Lord is just too far. None of us would ever live long enough to merit God's love, to merit God's forgiveness. The distance is just too far. And really, it's even more than that. Imagine the ant has to get from here to California and then from California to the moon. Now, you'd say, Pastor, that would be impossible because even if the ant could crawl from here to California, the ant cannot fly to the moon. Well, exactly. Even if somehow you did live long enough and even if you did do enough good things to close the gap, ultimately, because of our nature, because of God's nature, you could never be right with God. We are so, so far away. Another part of our being far is, I think, understanding that, that not only is the distance impossible, but the direction is wrong. Not only can I not, in and of myself, ever make it to the Lord, but I'm not even heading in a direction of making it to the Lord because I continue to sin. And apart from Christ, you continue to sin and you continue to build guilt. It, it's not that we can't eventually make it to the Lord if we push really hard, if we follow the rules, if we try more and more and more. The truth is we're going the other direction. We're further, a lost person is further away from God today than he was yesterday and he will be further still tomorrow. 
The first thing you've got to understand, if you look at your, just, your square there, the first thing that the scripture talks about here is that we were all far from the Lord and we were hopeless. Now, the next, the next square there that I want us to understand is that square not far. Now, this is interesting. We are far from the Lord, but at the same time, the worst sinner in the world is not far from the Lord. Here's what I mean by that. When the apostle Paul uh, was in the city of Athens, he addressed some pagan philosophers. These men were as far from the Lord as you could get. But listen to what Paul says. He shares the gospel with them. And then he says this in Acts 17, 27. He did this so that you, so that they might seek God and perhaps that they might reach out and that they might find God for each of them is not far from the Lord. And so Paul said, you men are far from the Lord because of your sin. But listen, you're not far from the Lord in the sense that you could call out to God today and God is close enough that he will hear you and respond to you and save you if you'll reach out to him. It is an amazing thing that God is both impossibly far from sinners, but he's also so close that they can call on him in an instant and he would respond, he would respond to them. Listen, Christians, you were, think about this, you were both far from the Lord and the Lord was never far from you. You think about your days before you came to know Christ, you were hopelessly far from the Lord, but the Lord was never far from you and you called on him and he saved you. If you don't know Christ today, you are hopelessly far from the Lord. But listen, the Lord is not far from you. He is incredibly close, and you can call upon him for salvation this day. And so we're far, we're not far. And then the next, the next words, we're brought near. So we look back here to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How has God brought us near? Well, it's not been because of our work. It's not been because of our righteousness. It's not because you're better than somebody else. But we're brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I deserved the condemnation of God and my sin deserved death. But Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to pay the penalty for my sins so that I might have eternal life. I have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so for lost people, you should stop striving and start surrendering. When I talk to someone about their salvation and and talk to someone who doesn't know Christ, and I, and I ask them where they place their hope, they'll, they'll say that they're trying to be a good person. Sometimes people will come to me and say, Pastor, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to do better. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to live a different life. And I know that they're wrong. 
and they're not, and it wouldn't work if they did because they're separated from God and no amount of striving will fix that. They need to surrender to the Lord, to trust him and what he's done for their salvation. And let God begin to change your life because we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then the fourth word is, is just the word near, near. So there's far, there's not far, there's brought near. But the Bible says eventually, if we're a child of God, this is true of us, that we live near the Father. And I want you to see that in verse 19 that we read a moment ago. It says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. God didn't just bless you with a gift, God has brought you near. Have you ever seen those uh, commercials on television where they maybe show the children in Haiti that are suffering from malnutrition and, and all the effects of poverty and, and they make those commercials very sad and, and it just pulls on the on the strings of your heart. And so I'm sure people in our church, and it's a good thing, um, have, uh, have reached out and you have called the organization and you sent them some money and maybe you adopted a child, so to speak, and you sent your $40 a month. Uh, well, if you did that, that's a good thing. I, I'm not criticizing that. That's a helpful thing. I'm sure it makes a great difference in the life of that child. But what if you did something different? What if instead of sending $40 a month, what if you got on an airplane and you flew to Haiti and you walked through the dirty streets and the dangerous neighborhoods and you found that kid that you saw on television with his dirty face and his bloated belly and you took him by the hands and you brought him to your home and you made him a member of your family forever and ever and ever. Now, is there a difference? There is. What has the Lord done for us? And this is such wonderful news. Listen, he has not just given us a gift. He has not just, he has not just poured forgiveness from a distance. The Bible says here that I'm a part of the household of God. God has reached out and he has forgiven me, but he has taken me and brought me into his family. Now I'm a child of God, forever a child of God. And I am near the Lord. I've not just been given a gift. I've not just been blessed from afar, but I've been brought, you've been brought near to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I'm a part of the family of God. I love that he uses the word household here, right at the end of verse nine, 19 rather, and members of God's household. You know, the people who live in my household. I mean, those are the people I'm closer to than anybody else. They're my household family. And the Bible says that God has so brought me near that I'm a part of his household family. And that's good news. That's good news. Now, I told you in verse 11, the word remember, most important word in the whole section. Uh, if you've been here recent weeks, you know we've talked about the division in the, in the book of Ephesians. Six chapters, three chapters focus on, um, well, who we are in Christ. They focus on our salvation, that God has chosen us and saved us. 
And then the last three chapters talk about how we live uh, how we live out that salvation, how we live worthy of what God has done for us. So the first three chapters, who we are in Christ, and the last three chapters, how we live who we are in Christ. And in the first three chapters, I noticed this this week, there is only one imperative verb. You know what that is? There's only one command. Three chapters. There's only one place where it says, do this. You know where that is? Chapter 2, verse 11. So then, remember. Listen, Christians. There are times when we just need to stop and remember. We need to remember that we were far from Christ. That we were far from God and we were hopelessly far from God. We need to remember the amazing truth that though we were far... We were not far. I can't even imagine that. I was so far. I committed such egregious sin. I rebelled so much against the Lord. I was so far with such bad attitudes, with heart filled with sin. I was so far, impossibly far. Yet I was not far because God was right there. And I called on God. Can you remember that time in your life? And I called on God. And God, I was so far, but I was, uh, he was, he was so close. We need to remember. And then we need to remember how he brought us near. It wasn't me promising to do better, try harder. It was me surrendering to what Christ had done for me. The blood of Jesus that brought me near. And today, I am near the Lord. I'm not just, I've not just been given a, a pass for sin. I've not just had my account paid, as we talk about. All oh, that's true, and it's wonderful. But I've been brought near. I'm in the household, household of God. You know, one of the, one of the best ways that God has given us to remember far, not far, brought near and near. One of the best ways he's given us to remember that is the Lord's Supper. And so in just a moment, we're gonna take the Lord's Supper and I want, us to, I want us to remember. So here's what we'll do now. I wanna lead us in a word of prayer and as I pray, I want you to, I'm gonna pause. I want you, if you know Christ, I want you to walk through these four things and I want you to remember and thank the Lord. If you don't know Christ, now's the time, right? Because you're far, but you're not far. And he has made a way to bring you near. Father in heaven, my heart, my desire is that we would be near you. That we would, that we would remember the journey that you brought us through to be near you. And so, Father, listen to your children. Listen to us as we talk, as we pray silently, and as we go through these four things. And thank you for your goodness.
And Father in heaven, thank you that though we were far, you were not far. That through Christ you've brought us near. And today we are near you and near your throne. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you take the elements of the Lord's Supper, and you take the two pieces apart, I want us to begin with the bread. John 6, 58, Jesus says, this is the bread that came down from above. Like your fathers ate manna, but they died. But he that eats this bread shall live forever. When we eat this bread, we remember the body of Christ that lived a perfect sinless life, but died on the cross so that those that were far could be brought near. Father in heaven, thank you for the body of Christ. Amen. If you'll take the cup and remove carefully the top. Jesus invited us to, to do this in remembrance of him. And he said he waits for us to do this in his presence one day, and we will. I'm reminded of Hebrews 9, 12. It says that he entered the most holy place once for all time, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. And then it says in verse 22, according to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the blood, there is no shedding of sin. There's no, there's no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, those who were far or not far, and they've been brought near. And so we celebrate that. Father, thank you for the blood of Christ. First John 1 John 1.17, rather the Bible says, if we'll walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Let me pray. Father, thank you that though we were far, Father, sear this into our hearts, though we were far, you were not far. And through Christ, you have brought us near. And we celebrate that we live near the Lord today. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.